Hello, Rip City. To all of you here in town and in every corner of the interwebs, thank you for tuning in. We hope you're enjoying this beautiful Saturday, the 7th of March. I am Keith Feltner-Smith. He is Ty Delbridge. What is up? You are listening to the Podland Trailcasters. Keith, if people are trying to reach us on social medias, be that Facebook, be that Twitter, be that, I don't know what else they use, maybe Snapchat Instagram, one day. Snapchat. It, yeah, Instagram, whatever. What should they be, or Do where can they TikTok? find us? Have, have we uh, made a TikTok? I don't think we have a TikTok. Good. We should I have a TikTok. Th- if you want to make a TikTok, you do your thing, man. I don't even know how to get started on We can get a Keith video tech, like of you dancing, <laughs> doing a nice little damn dollar wrist tap. Well, whichever little, social media they want to find us TikTok on, dances. it's going to be at Trailcasters. They can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram right now. Maybe TikTok in the future. Maybe Ty will uh, sabotage me with that. We'll see how it goes. Well, let's say they don't want to be on social media or they don't want to find us on TikTok or whatever else. Where should they send fancy-dancy emails that we like to read? Because, you know, we like to read every email like it's 1992. We love reading <laughs> We love reading emails no matter what the date, 1992 to 2002, 2012, or 2022 coming up soon. Send us some emails from the future, or we will. We could even postmark it for 2022, and we will wait two years to read it if you want to do that, too. We can ask Keith, that. what are you talking about? Hey, it could happen. Time-traveling emails. Anyway, the, those fancy-dancy old-school emails, if you want to send us those, you can send us those at trailcasters at gmail.com. And these people are listening to this podcast on some platform or, or some app, or I don't know how they're listening to. What should they be doing? They should be always giving us five stars! That was a little better than last week. And these uh, fantastic musical beats that they are hearing through their lovely, deadly headphones or speaker of their laptop or phone. Our dude. Where can they find these beats? These beats are from our dude Odar over at SoundCloud.com slash Odar Beats. And please always support your local artists like Odar. And also please always support uh, your local sponsors such as Clearly Speaking. You can go over to ClearlySpeakingOregon.com and go and see Brenda Nuckton. She's a licensed speech and hearing pathologist. She can help you with all of your speech and hearing needs, whether that be speaking too fast, stuttering, accents, slurs, uh pronunciation, emphasis, emphasis on the wrong syllables, whatever you need, Brennan Nuckton over at ClearlySpeakingOregon.com can help you. That is ClearlySpeakingOregon.com. Ty, what was that website? One more time. That's ClearlySpeakingOregon.com. And now that we have done our due diligences, thank you all uh, listeners as well for being so patient with uh, uh, us taking a little bit of a break last week. We had some... Some technical difficulties, some scheduling difficulties, and technically, you know, life was just throwing some curveballs. So we uh, we had uh, had to take some time. Uh, but uh, Ty, how was your week? It was a good week. It was pretty busy on my work front as a business owner or as a f- business owning family. Uh, a lot of hiccups and a lot of random things can uh, pop up. Like I was explaining to you off air, I have weird stories dealing with people i wish people could all work in customer service because i think the world would be 10 times nicer to everybody because you know us humans are absolutely ridiculous so things like that popped up throughout the week but it was fun it kept me busy i did uh, miss being on the pod so i'm very happy to be talking trailblazers basketball yes yes dude it's uh it's nice to be back here we have a lot of games to talk about uh had a had a big eastern road trip and you know last week when we were when we had planned to have the episode we were going to have someone in from over on the east coast who maybe has a little more insight into some of these teams over there and uh, how they've been doing and is also quite a blazer fan himself let's uh let's go talk to our man brandon
He started working with the Nets all the way back at age 12. Since then, you can find him on NBA 2K, the host of Scoopy Radio, and now he is the senior writer at Heavy.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show, Brandon Scoop B. Robinson. How are you, my man? Man, I'm doing good. That that sounds loud. That's a great introduction. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Always good to have you, dude. Always good to have you back on. Uh, and like I was saying in the intro before we brought you in here, Brennan, uh, we had intended to have you last week as the Blazers started this Eastern road trip over going uh, with uh, – they had Boston here in town, and they were going over to see Indiana, uh, Atlanta, Orlando, and all that. And obviously – the Trailcasters had some technical difficulties to get through, but thank you so much for, for being so flexible and rescheduling with us for the following weekend. Of course, man. I've really have been uh, been a very, very, very crazy travel schedule for me um, the last few months, and um, I've been using these weekends to kind of catch up on work, and um, you caught me at the right time, um, so I'm glad to be on. It's always a good time when we talk. Nice, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's what Ty and I were saying, too, man. It's it's tough sometimes when you get busy. We all get busy and you have to kind of put things aside for the week that you don't want to. But it's good to get back here and talk some basketball. Uh, so let's let's start with the game uh, in Indiana. Let's just kind of go back and Ty, you and I will come back and do our betting lines later because we want to get yep. to the next week's games, too. Uh, let's just focus on there's plenty of actual details and, and, and events that have come up with this. A lot of this was without Dame. Uh, from the Blazers' perspective, uh, he is he's now back. We will get to those in a, those games in a second. But if we go back to Indiana, I want to mention this uh, this tribute that they were doing for Stotts. Uh, there was some uh, some social media coverage from the Blazers. They had a uh, a tribute to Stotts when the uh, team walks into I guess the locker room or some sort of common area, and they had up on the screen an old school picture of Stotts in a ridiculous uh, hairdo. But this is basically because uh, Terry Stotts was being inducted into the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame. And it was cool, I thought, to have this team kind of have this all set up and ready for him when they came in. Yeah, I uh, I love uh, the Stotts pictures. That's actually what my fantasy uh, basketball league photo is. Yes. I think is <laughs> I think it's one of those old Terry Stotts photos. Uh, he was a very uh, well dressed man back in the day, and I think it was Zach Collins or uh, <laughs> someone posted on. I th- I think it was one of the younger Blazers. They posted one of those photos and had a bunch of laughy emojis by it and stuff. So that was cool, but. I think it's cool to see how much respect Terry Stotts has around, like in, I mean, like in other places, like he's respected down, like in Oklahoma where he played, and then out like over there, like in Indiana, which is a huge basketball, um, place. Basketball and now, Mecca. Yeah, and then now here in Portland too. So he has three big places that he might be uh, like recognized as, which is a uh, very uh like, I mean, like that's very sweet for him. Yeah, I like Terry Stotts. Um, <clears throat> I've liked this coach and philosophy for some time. Um, and I think the thing that stands out most about him um, is just the respect uh, that he has in, in the locker room. I've, I've taken time to sit down and talk with uh, Damian Lillard um, and as well as Mello, um, just about um, the type of coach he is. Uh, he's a player's coach. Um, and I think one of the things that's kind of disheartening about this particular season um, is the fact that, you know, injuries kind of have taken away from where they created momentum last season. I mean, this is a team that right. went to the Western Conference Finals and they dealt with injuries. You know, in the, in the summer, you know, he added, or rather Portland uh, added Hassan Whiteside. Um, and you were really salivating at the notion that, um, you know, this could be Portland's year. And uh, the thing that I think to Terry Stott's credit um, is the fact that, you know, Portland has stayed true to him. Um, you look at the NBA coaching climate right now, even a team like the Brooklyn Nets, who today fired uh, Kenny Atkinson, and that right. next team is in seventh place. 
You know, the Blazers are currently at the time of this recording sitting in the ninth place and, you know, Portland is still sticking with them. And, you know, I, I'm hopeful that, you know, that when everybody's record is zero, zero, Terry Stotts, as well as the Blazers at a hundred percent, hopefully uh, can, can prove, make some believers and prove some people wrong. Yeah. I, I think, uh, it, it has been crazy, and we should have actually led with that, Brandon, before we even jumped in on the games. We should have been asking you just kind of your perspective from over where you are on the East uh, of, of how Stotts has been doing with this crazy season with the insane injuries that have come after such high expectations that they had for the team. But it has been uh, it has been encouraging to see things like this uh, in different locations, like you mentioned, Ty. Uh, just the respect that, that Stotts has gotten around the league at different levels of his uh, – different times in his career. But – the reason I brought this whole thing up with the Indiana game, with the tribute they gave him, uh, was there's been a weird rumor about Stotts' job security. I, I think largely because of this uh, blown season, as you mentioned, Scoop, uh, a lot of people have been kind of looking for a scapegoat, looking for someone to blame. And we often do see the coaches uh, be the one that that falls on. And I feel like I want to be clear that Stotts' job is not in question and I feel like I've seen Dwight James or a few other people around NBC Sports and the Blazers come out and say no that is not the case here but would there would would you see anything from your uh from kind of the, the zoomed out perspective uh scoop that you have over there would you see anything that you think uh or have you heard anything I guess that you think would lend any credence to this or why you think Stotts' job would be uh would be in trouble no, I haven't heard anything about his job being in trouble. Um, to the affirmative, it seems that everything is going right um, in Portland, uh, particularly because, like I said earlier, Portland just dealt with some injuries. You know, it's yeah. it, and, and when you look at the Nets thing comparatively, they dealt with some injuries. Uh, I think the thing that was or that I know, you know, I, I'm New York is home, and um, you know, I've been on the forefront of a lot of things, Kyrie, KD, and more. Um, Kitty Atkinson lost the locker room. Um, and Brooklyn is preparing for a championship next season. And watching, uh, or at least a championship run, and watching Brooklyn this season, Karis LeVert has gotten a lot of reps uh, in Kyrie and Katie's absence. So comparatively in Portland, Stotts has the locker room. Stotts is more seasoned than Atkinson uh, in Portland. Um, and the only thing that was to, to, to Stotts' detriment was just injuries and more. I mean, Literally, uh, Chris Hanch reported uh, earlier this week that, you know, Yusuf Nurkic is on his way back March 15th. And right, so right. So when you look at that team, legitimately, I've been saying on every radio show uh, and podcast, and I'll say it again, when you look at the starting five of the Portland Trailblazers, uh, Damian Lillard at the point guard position, C.J. McCollum at the two, Melo three, Whiteside at the four, and Nurkic at the five, or vice versa. That's 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 your favorite NBA 2K player's favorite 2K team. <laughs> that's a good way to put it. Yeah, man. I mean, and when you look at that team, that that team legitimately has scoring, uh, a desirable point guard and defense all in one, um, one one sitting. Uh, and 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 you you get served your five course meal. You ain't got to get up once. Alfred the Butler from Batman <laughs> you every meal. And um, I, I legitimately feel as though. Um, that that's 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 admirable, particularly just in staying the course. I mean, Portland brought in Carmelo Anthony uh, in a time where people felt sorry for him, and he's legitimately a. a, a uh, it's funny you say this. Uh, Tracy Murray, uh, former Portland Trailblazer, said this on the Scoopy Radio podcast. I wrote it today. Um, 
he's legitimately yeah. flying under the radar in Portland. That's Mello is? Look. Yeah, as a scorer. I yeah. definitely agree, yeah. Well, okay, so let's uh, let's tangent off on this for a second, because I actually was going to mention next, one of the other things we saw in Indiana was Mello uh, signed this kid's jersey post-game. This kid uh, caught him on the yeah. way out, and there's some great social media coverage of the of the kid's reaction, just absolutely uh, loving it, absolutely loving Mello signing the jersey. kind of comes away with just just, just a frozen face. Uh, it, it was great, man. I'm sure you guys have both seen this by now, too. But I do feel like stuff like that we've seen from Mello – uh, stuff we've seen with him and other players, kind of the way that he's uh, gotten great chemistry going with CJ, with Dame, with uh, some of the other teammates as well, some of the young guys looking up to him. There's been a lot of benefit here having him in town that I did not predict. I was definitely a mellow hater before this was happening. I wasn't really sure how much value there'd be uh, bringing him in here, but we've seen him for the majority of the season at this point. More than half of the total season games he's been a blazer for. Uh Scoop, let me ask you uh, first, and Ty, I'm sure you want to get in, in on this as well. Do you see Melo as a Blazer next year? I'm not sure. Um, I have to also say, um, as it relates to Melo, I mean this respectfully, a lot of y'all bash Melo in the summertime after, <laughs> after, Houston, after Houston let him go. Um and I, and I feel as though it wasn't right. Um, when you look at the 2003 NBA draft, LeBron James at 35 was in that draft, and he's leading the league in assists, and he's dunking on people daily. Um, and, and I think in a lot of respects has the best one-two punch with uh, Anthony Davis. Um, but you know, to, 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 to just further that assessment, I think a lot of times in basketball, particularly in NBA Twitter, when one person says things, people adopt it as truth and as fact, and in fact, it's false. And um, I know that to be true because everybody on Twitter thinks I have no sources and clearly people are telling me something. <laughs> so I say that to say this, um, Melo has proven a lot of people wrong, even yourself, um, and, and I think that's great for basketball, and I'm glad you get to see it on a day-to-day basis. But to answer your question, I think that Melo has raised his value just like Dwight Howard raised his value in, mm-hmm. in, in, in Los Angeles. Um, and they both got their guaranteed contract. It was non-guaranteed. And I kind of think that's disrespectful. Um, and I think some of that stuff with Dwight Howard was warranted only because of injuries, only because of just distractions away from basketball. I, I tend to stick yeah. with basketball, but um, it seems that those those – Factors have worked themselves out. With Mello, it was New York Knicks perception. And as we're seeing right now in New York, uh, particularly with the debacle with Spike Lee and Dolan and everything else, um, we're seeing that those factors may in fact be quite false. Um, And again, some sort of narrative was created and then everybody believes it. And I'd also like to add the same thing has been done to my brother Jamal Crawford. A former blazer. Oh. Everybody thinks he's old, and they create this narrative of he can't help a team. And um, if you're able to hire Deion Waiters, and he's made some yeah. mistakes off court, uh, <laughs> I, I know Jamal Crawford, who has had a squeaky clean record, um, can surely uh, play and get a job in the NBA. So um, I'm going on a tangent, but I'll add to your question. <laughs> That the answer to Carmelo Anthony resigning with the Portland Trail Blazers is I don't know. 
Um, I think that he's played himself back into a position. Um, the only comparison that I could make, and it's not the best comparison because Carmelo Anthony has never gone to jail, has never gotten in trouble um, with the law, is when Michael Vick came back to Philadelphia and played for the Eagles, and he was backing up um, Donovan McNabb, and then he became the starter, and then he ended up leaving Philadelphia. Um, but he played himself into a, a starting position, and Carmelo Anthony played himself into uh, NBA's Player of the Month uh, when he returned in November, and you know at times played like an All Star. I posed that question, you know, do you do on Twitter a while ago? Do you think that Melo, you know, could be a, a, a starter, or rather at least play in the All Star game? And, it was a mixed bag, but um, to answer your question, man, I'm just very pleased for Melo. I, I think Stevie Wonder can see that that's the case. So there you have it. <laughs> nice, I like it. I like it. Ty, what do you think? You uh, you on the same page, or you want to take a stand on Melo? I am kind of there with him. I have no idea what's going to end up happening with him. I think he raised his value completely here. Uh, something with Melo, which I didn't really, I didn't really see, was it was with some people really hated on him and. I feel like they hated on his locker room presence like he was a bad guy, but it seemed like when he was around NBA players and stuff, like they always loved him and stuff. So like or so Yeah. I mean, for him being like a mentor now, I think that's not weird. Like I feel like he definitely like is embracing that, like uh for fans and then for players. So then I love to see that. But for him coming back to Portland, I don't think he ends up coming back to Portland. I think he'll end up getting a nice contract from some other team or he'll get somewhere where he actually wants to go maybe more like to like a, or maybe like a bigger market and stuff. I'm not really sure what his what he is seeking, but I just don't really see him sticking around in Portland. Yes, this was a great stint for him and I think it was a great for his career boost for the next couple of years, but I just I don't think he's in the Blazers plans either maybe going forward. Yeah, that's and honestly, that's probably the best point of the whole thing is I don't know if the Blazers are even wanting him to fill that spot uh, on the roster next year. But he has been a really good fit this season. And to what uh, you were saying, Scoop, two years in a row now, I've seen a player come to the Blazers, Ian Mello and previously Anis Kanter, uh, where I had a total misperception, a misconception of who they were off the court and who they were kind of uh, as far as their character. Uh because of maybe the national media, some sort of, you know, different hot takes from uh, teams they've been on previously. And, you know, we all know the truth about social media. It's generally going to highlight the extremes. Like, you know, if, if someone does something it's amazing, you see highlights. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, let, yeah let's just call it what it is, man. It's total bullshit. But, I mean, yeah, point being here, with, with, when Cantor came to town, I had a total uh, idea of what his limitations were, what his ceiling was. And we saw what he, what he did in Portland. He helped us get to the Western Conference Finals. This year with Melo, the same thing. I had a total perception of who Melo was on and off the court, and I have definitely had to adjust those parameters as I've seen more of him this season. And it's been nice. I'm not. I'm not even disappointed. I am happily uh, able to adjust my uh, parameters from what my expectations were because it's it's awesome watching him here. But yeah, as yeah. far as going forward, what's up? And, and, I, and I think the same thing is going to end up happening um, if J.R. Smith signs with the Lakers. Uh, they're, they're, the Lakers are still interested. I know there's a Blazers podcast, but, you know, I get a lot of Lakers in. <laughs> How dare you? And, and I'm going to Portland speak it. So basically, um, <laughs> what I can say to you is um, people – so a few years ago, um, I had J.R. Smith's brother, Chris, uh, on the Scoopy Radio podcast. And Chris was teammates with J.R. Um, uh, in New York with the Knicks. And um, 
briefly. And one of the things he said was, um, as it related to JR, people take what happens in New York and people take what happens on social media and they create this narrative or perception that this person is like this. And um, J.R. Smith ain't no saint, neither are we. Um, yep. But what happens in New York, I mean, listen, when teams come to town to play the Knicks or the Nets, they're doing extracurricular things outside of basketball. They go to the NBA store. They go to, um, you know, models. They go to, you know, just various functions to do things that are an extension of their brand. Um, J.R. Smith playing for the Knicks. He's, he's an East Coaster. He's from New Jersey. Uh, went to prep school in Newark, New Jersey, and, you know, played for the Knicks. So, he, you know, he, he, he played basketball in New York and New Jersey. So, you know, there's a, he's a hometown guy. I think that people created this thing about J.R. Smith that he was this, that, and the third based upon that. I think in Cleveland, he, he kind of um, fixed that perception by winning a championship. And then that shot that he took or the thing that happened in the finals a couple of years yeah. ago, people, that became a meme and it became a, a, a thing. But people make And suddenly things. that defines who he is. Right? Like People just see that one yeah. meme that's who he is to everyone. I mean, I, I can relate to it as a writer. You know, people, for the 10 things that I got right about where this person is going based upon information that I got, They'll always throw the Kawhi Leonard Lakers thing in my face. I'm not perfect. I don't <laughs> to it. But the thing is, um, those same people who talk about this player, that player, I, I'd like to see them be in that same position. It's easy to talk. It's harder to do. So I, I think comparatively with NS, now I'm speaking Portland talk, comparatively <laughs> with NS Cantor, a guy that came from the Knicks, uh, a guy who, who um, likes to talk, a guy that's quotable, and a guy that has questioned the Turkish government, um, that's a whole different issue. Um, I know that that was a thing. I know that the Knicks, or excuse me, the Nets are in the news right now because of the whole Kenny Atkinson thing. I can tell you that prior to uh, NS Cantor signing with the Portland Trailblazers, um, there was talk about a potential uh, Brooklyn Nets pairing. And from someone I know who spoke with uh, Kenny Atkinson, excuse me, that spoke with Sean Marks, Nets general manager, he didn't want that headache. That was the that. So again, you see how GMs talk, media talks, and it creates this thing. So then, us as the consumer who blurs media, or who are media, and who also are the conduit between the consumer and the player, we control what people consume. And sometimes when we put those things out there, you're actually messing up people's money. That's the crazy yeah. part. Yeah, a lot of the perception that that gets put out there can definitely have an influence on on next contracts because you know I mean even uh, owner scouts and the rest and they, they're all going to see these things they're all going to be influenced by it it's it's kind of impossible not to in this day and age as well. But let's let's uh, actually kind of shift a little bit here. I don't want to get focused too much on the game by game because we have some other topics to get to. But uh, one thing I saw over these next couple games between Atlanta, uh, Orlando, uh, and before Washington, Washington was. Uh, the Washington Wizards this week was Dame's return, but before that, the rest of that road trip was the final three games of six that CJ played without Dame, and CJ has gone off for those six games. I don't remember exactly what his averages were for the six, but I saw it in front of me. It was, it was absurd, man. He had uh, that one, what, I think the 140-point night against Orlando. He had 23 in the first half alone. What do you think as far as CJ's abilities without Dame 
we've, we've seen him on this different level. Is this something that he can get to again now that Dame is back in the roster? Or is this something that is really only achievable for him when when he's the first option, when it's his team? Ty, what do you think? Is this a... Uh, is is this maybe something that we aren't going to see with the two of them paired together, or is it unlocked now? I think it's more unlocked. I think you maybe won't see him going for 40 and 10 with Dame in the lineup. Uh, but I think we'll see more playmaking from CJ, and maybe he gets more like in that zone like when he has the second unit, like when there is no Dame on the court or whatever. But what's nice about Dame and what's nice about CJ is they both will let the other one go. So let's say that this is CJ's night and all of a sudden he is going for like 15 in the first half or whatever and he has four assists. I think Dame will take a step back and let him lead it. So then I think we can see more of this from CJ, which then that becomes deadly when he's playing like this with uh, and then he has Lillard like on the wing, um, like playing off the ball. So I think, yeah, I think this did uh, or like I hope this did maybe like push CJ more to be more of this like score slash playmaker uh, with Dame as well. I know we won't see it as much, but I'm hoping he starts putting more of that into his game because he is a lethal weapon. And let me insert this real quick here too. I did find the stats from February 21st to March 2nd, CJ averaged 33.3 points on 48% from the field, 41% from deep, 8.3 assists, 5.3 rebounds over 30 and a half minutes. That's fantastic, man. Yeah. I think the shooting can be there. And the rebounds can be there, and I think the points and assists maybe will take a little bit of a dip, but I think his efficiency can almost stay up with Damian Lillard because I think they both will allow each other to eat. Yeah, yeah I see where you're coming from with that. I, I think um, his assists may go up with, with, with when uh, Dame comes back, but uh, I, I also think um, the late Malcolm X uh, was a family friend of mine, my fa- uh, my family's friend. Um, my family owned and operated a business in Manhattan, a shoe store. And he knew my grandfather. He used to say, by any means necessary. And uh, I think that applies here because I think the, the Blazers are using a by any means necessary a, a, attack strategy here. And uh, it, it, you giving the stats about February 21st until now makes a lot of sense. I wrote this last week. Uh, CJ spoke to... A buddy of mine, uh, Josh Hicks, over at Regal Radio in Chicago, um, and 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 all hands on deck uh, kind of apply here. Um, he told Josh Hicks, um, and I'm quoting, um, that they're in the ninth, they're in the ninth seed, uh, and they're looking to make a push, uh, so that you know when Damian comes back, uh, they can still do what they need to do. Um, he said Melo has had a good impact on the Blazers. Uh, another veteran guy, obviously, who has helped us with his scoring, but more so his presence in the locker room, being able to be around the young guys and kind of help us uh, his storytelling and becoming our friends. Um, and, you know, Nurkic coming back is definitely going to help him at the right time. Um, and, and I think that um, I think he's holding his word about what he plans to do. I mean, the eighth seed is attainable. Memphis is ahead. Um, and I'm interested to see if Memphis will hold that eighth spot. Um, and if, you know, the Portland Trailblazers will get that or move up, um, you, you look at the Mavericks, um, will the Mavericks continue to be consistent as they are? They're 39 and 25. The Grizzlies are 31 and 32 at the time of this recording, uh, and have lost one, uh, Portland is 28 and 36. Uh, I've spoken to guys within the Memphis Grizzlies organization, uh, that, you know, they're prepared. 
to, to make it to the playoffs. And if the playoffs were to end today, Josh Jackson said to me, they play the Lakers. That's a testament to how well they're doing. But, you know, it depends on what happens with Memphis and it depends on what happens with Dallas. I don't see the Thunder letting up anytime soon. And the Jazz in the fourth and the fifth in the fourth spot, you know, are are playing consistent basketball. So I'm rambling, but it's interesting <laughs> to see what Portland is. We all ramble around as here to, as, as it relates to you know that eighth spot with Memphis sitting ahead of them. Yeah. Uh, oh, sorry, Ty. Were you? I can't see without this video camera, Ty. I can't no, talk you're to good. Jumping in. Okay, no, I'm no. Just keep interrupting. I wasn't going to jump in, but I can real quick. <laughs> I. Uh, I mean, like, I'm also very intrigued about this playoff spot because with Memphis, they, what, like, they're 18 games back and we are 21 and a half games back. Uh, I'm hoping the Blazers can make a push here. Um, I think they can catch Memphis because I think they are slipping a little bit. Uh, They have suffered some injuries. And then I think losing Jay Crowder was a bigger blow to them than I think people would, like, like would realize. And then now they... Uh, I think they still don't have Brandon Clark. So they have been struggling, and then now the Blazers have been hitting more of a groove. That Suns loss uh, last night was just rough because uh, we saw Memphis lose, and we saw the Spurs lose, and we saw, um, I think, the Kings lose the other night. So this would have been a spot for the Blazers to jump up and really, like, I think, get like a game and a half back for Memphis. Now they're, yeah. what, they're two and a half games back. So, yeah, this is going to be a fun playoff uh, post your last couple uh, games. Well, let me just uh, – let's get it on record from from all of us here real quick. Uh, are you both saying you think they will make the – Blazers will get the eighth seed? I'm going to – I'll say it, yeah. I'll, I'm going to trust Damian Lillard that he somehow figures out a way, like him, CJ McCollum, and then also like this resurgence of Nurkic when he comes back. Yes, he won't be the Nurkic we've seen from the past, but I think having him back will give this team maybe some energy. And I think Lillard, he's the best player within this race of Memphis, of I think of New Orleans, of Sacramento, uh, and I think he can put the team on the back and get it done. Yes. Oh, boy. Oh, you're both I'll saying yes. I'll say one word without rambling this time. Yes. <laughs> hey, That's man. Enough. Like I was... That's a big enough statement. That is a big enough statement, but like I was saying earlier, Scoop, don't ever be afraid to ramble here. That is what we do. We this uh, the Trailcasters are not afraid of having a two-hour podcast. We've done it before, or almost. We'll see. <laughs> uh, maybe not today, though. I think we all have uh, all have to do. Uh, man, okay, so you're both going yes that quick and easy. I love the confidence, and it's so weird because usually I'm the one driving the optimism train here. I feel like I'm usually the one that is over the top, just fanboy confident about it. Man, I'm having my doubts right now. I have. We are two and a half games back. We are in the thick of it with uh with those other teams like you were mentioning. We've got uh Grizzlies holding that eighth spot. Us, the Kings, the Pelicans. I've heard so much about the Pelicans, and then then we're seeing them fall off. So it's so hard to know what to believe on that end. The Grizzlies, man, they are they. Ja Morant is special, special. He's an awesome player. But yeah, they've got like I think one of the toughest schedules left. And I think of those teams in that bracket fighting for the eighth seed, they have by far the the toughest road ahead. Oh, see, now I'm rambling, Scoop. Uh, you know what? I can't go against you guys. If you're both going to say yes, I can't sit here and be negative on it. Let's let's all go with it. You, what you, he said. <laughs> you convinced me. He it's yes, we're going said. with it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, cool, man. Well, good. I'm writing this one down. We've got receipts for it. And uh, I guess no one's betting against us yet, but that's all right. Well, uh, well we're confidence is good, man. I like it. I like it. <laughs> all right. Sir. Let's get this back on track a little bit. I want to focus on 
Well, you know what? You mentioned the uh, the Phoenix game. Before we get to that one, there's not even a lot to say about that game other than I want to vent about Whiteside. But uh, I mentioned the Wizards game right before Phoenix. We played the Wizards here at home. Dame returned. Not only did Dame look awesome, hitting some amazing deep bombs, but uh, four of the Blazers starters had 22 or more points. Ariza had 15 on three of five shooting. He was the low scorer for the starters, man. This is a game, and yes, I know it's against the Wizards, but when you've lost to the Hawks recently, and you know, hey, then when you lose to Phoenix last night, I'm going to take every win we can get, especially when it looked that good. The question I have for both of you after watching that Wizards game, not about Dame. Can we please keep Ariza? Can we please keep him as a Blazer? So we already went through Mello, and we all kind of agreed that maybe he doesn't have a spot here going forward. Uh, it just might not be the right fit. What about Trevor Ariza, though? He's got this great kind of comfy, kind of casual Portland-type vet personality, in my opinion. He seemed to fit in well with the team. He brings defense. He's a two-way wing. Uh, Scoop, where do you stand on Ariza? Do you think he has enough left in the tank for Portland to get uh, to get one more year out of him? And do you think he wants to be here next season? <laughs> It's better than playing in Phoenix. It's better than playing in Washington. <laughs> and Sacramento. It's true. <laughs> uh, I think, you know, I think, you know, just um, covering Trevor um, over the years and uh, getting to know him at different stops. Um, I like Trevor, and it's crazy to see him as a as a um, as a as like an OG vet now, because I know um, he was he a buddy of mine. He was his rookie. And uh, this particular player and I talk every other day and he'll tell me just the type of person he was like he was he was always just grown. That's why that stuff that happened with Trey Young on, on TV, although it was it was magnified. Um, oh, man. I think it, came, it came from a good place. Um, can, can we I, I, can we break that down actually real quick? Let's tangent off. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt you, bro. Uh, but that I got that, killed by Hawk fans on that because I tweeted something just kind of in the same thing. I said for Young should just know. He is trying to nutmeg like a guy like Trevor Ariza, who is a yeah. dog. He is yeah. a guy who played with Kobe Bryant, who was one of Kobe's favorite teammates for a reason because he is has that chip on his shoulder. He's been around for like 16 years. He doesn't play that, and now you're, and then now like you're trying to nutmeg him. So don't be surprised when he checks you like that. And I was getting killed by Hawk fans. <laughs> I mean, look, I, I'm I'm with you, Ty. Like I. I get that Ariza, or I'm sorry, I get that Young is the hot, flashy player, but yeah, I understand your like, like what Ar- it's like what Ariza was saying in the post game too. Like this is the kind of thing you do with kids, with your friends, and maybe on the court with dudes you don't respect. You don't do that to a veteran player in the NBA. Uh, as, at the very least, man, it's like okay, we it's not like Trey Young is the first flashy player. We've seen Steph Curry do some crazy stuff that would also be disrespectful to opponents, but he got away with it and it made it look good. And then you can't call him on it. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I think there's a certain line of like, you could if you do this now and then, fine. But if you're trying to go for that, uh, and then even when Ariza checks him, he's like playing up to the audience, putting the hands up in the air. Yeah, it's your home court, but dude, there's certain lines like you gotta you gotta know what not to cross. And I feel like Ariza got the message through to him too, because when you saw Young in the post game, he was not apologizing, but he was sheepish, man. I think he knew that he'd kind of been put in his spot a little bit about it. Uh, but, uh, Scoop, what do you think? You, you're giving us the uh, the outside perspective here, obviously a lot closer to the Hawks over on that end. What, is, is this just maybe an East Coast, West Coast style difference where we're taking this too personally? Where do you stand on this? Um, you guys ever watch the, the uh, movie Friday? Of course. Yeah. You remember when uh, that guy with his bike back from Big Worm? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> and I'm sorry, that's not Big Worm. I'm sorry, that's Debo. Remember when he there, okay, okay, there you go. He said, that's my bike, Paul. Yeah, he got Debo. But, I mean, it, 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 it's – I don't – I think – I think this is just me. Um, there are certain things that are NBA player understood that some media folks and some fans just may not know or understand. Those were one of those moments. I think it was don't play with me, but it was a don't play with me, but it was a respect. Don't play with me at the same time. I respect what you're doing, young OG. Um, I'll give you an example. Um, I spoke to a player earlier this week who told me that any player who was a Nike player that decided to take and wear Air Jordans on the court was fined by Nike for doing so. Did you know that? We're in Jordans. No. Interesting. Uh, I didn't know that either. Somebody took a player that I talked that I talked to on a regular told me that the other day. Everybody's just not going to understand certain things and and that's okay. I think that was a cultural moment that got mixed feelings from people as it related to Ariza and Trey Young. Um, and so I, I think that was I respect you. I see you coming. You still ain't shit. Exactly. But I think I think it came from a good place. So yeah, I, I think I'm going on a tangent, but yes, I think that I think that I think uh, Ariza is good for that Blazers team. Every good team has a couple of role player vets. Um, there we go. You you look at the Nets last year with um Jared Dudley. Jared Dudley was a vet on that team that got that respect. He transitioned. He and Ariza and Melo and LeBron are all around the same age. You look at the Lakers team this year, a lot of people were trying to say Dudley should be cut. It doesn't look like that's going to happen. He's a solid vet. He solidified his role. Yeah, Ariza he's got his spot. Same position. You look at you look at you look at Tyson um, Chandler. He's chilling in Houston. Or what? <laughs> Yeah, he's still in Houston. He's still in Houston. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, you know, he went from young silly guy to in in Chicago to to the to Hornets to 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 Houston, the Phoenix, to Dallas, to the Knicks. He sticks around. He's like the new PJ Brown. <laughs> I, I look at I look at Trevor Reza in that same vein comparatively. I, I think. You know, particularly because you dealt with that injury earlier in the season and you kind of short a player or two. Um, he, he just fills a certain role. So Yeah, and, and look at this. You said you're going off on a tangent. You brought this back around, man. You brought it back to the original. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that was nicely done, sir, uh, as far as Ariza's fit on the team here. Yes, they should me... bring Trevor Ariza back, by the way. I'm just going to throw it. Like, I'll just throw my opinion in there real quick. I think they should bring Ariza back to the Blazers. Well, okay, and let me clarify, too. When I asked this originally – uh, Ariza has one more year on the contract, so he's yeah. he's here next year. The Blazers are bringing him back, or, or at least it's under their control, I guess is the way to put it. The Blazers have the option of bringing him in, so yeah, I think we are all agreeing here. He fits well. He's a he's what this team needs. He's that veteran role player, like you said, Scoop. He's the two way wing that is something the Blazers have been lacking, even when the roster is healthy. So yeah, I I would love to see Ariza come back for next season. Ty, Ty Weston, Mr. Ty. <laughs> Mr. T.Y., uh, did, you say, did you want to say anything about the Phoenix game, or, or can I get to the last, uh, the bigger, brighter topic that I know we are all waiting for? 
Uh, just a rough Phoenix game. I can't believe we saw 36 and 17 from Aaron Baines. That was absolutely oh ridiculous. God, I'll, just, I'll just move on from there. It was just a rough one. <laughs> Look, I, I know we got to give Baines credit. That was a great night from him. It was a career night from him, obviously, but I want to, I got to vent about white side on this man. I know Whiteside has done amazing things for us this year. And one of your, you guys are going to have to pull me back. Cause I, I've, I've got a vent about this where, Yes, he's done good things for us this season. He's put up good numbers, uh, and we've discussed before whether those numbers are hollow or not. We've talked about his fit here before. I feel like watching his game, the problem with Whiteside, what what he does well is his upper body is super athletic. His upper body, his reach, his athleticism is top-tier NBA defensive talent. But his lower body is fucking cement, man. Like He cannot move his feet, and I know that he's a seven-footer. They all generally have a harder time uh, moving quickly, repositioning the footwork fundamentals. But this dude is so slow on the footwork. It just, it was so exposed last night. And honestly, uh, what made it worse for me was the way that he reacted. He knew how this was going. He knew that he wasn't looking good. And then in the post game, Jamie Hudson, shout out to her, asked Whiteside about being pulled away from the rim with Aaron Baines' three-point shooting. And his, it, basically saying like, uh, not being able to, and not being able to protect the rim or rebound as effectively did this, how did it change your game? Whiteside says, I feel like I affected the game still. For the plus-minus boys out there, I wasn't negative or positive. I was just a zero, so I feel like I still affected the game. First of all, <sighs> shout-out, Hassan. Thank you for the shout-out uh, for those plus-minus boys. I know that you're talking about me. On the other side, you can't say that you were just a zero and affected the game. That means you did not. That literally means, statistically, that he had no effect on the game. It's it's I This, this drove me nuts on the argument for that last night. Okay, catching my breath. Haven't heard any of you, either of you object too much yet, so I'm going to keep rolling with this. Um, Jamie Hudson then at, or mentions that Ariza uh, was kind of coaching Whiteside a little bit, being like, what, what did uh, Ariza have to say as far as all this? And Whiteside says that Ariza told him not to worry about getting out on Baines, that someone else would rotate out to him, that someone else would cover Baines. And you know what happened? We saw Dame and CJ trying to cover Baines shooting threes. No one else in this team is really tall enough to cover a, uh, a three-point shooting center if Whiteside is the only, like, oh, uh, okay. He's I'm not going to shoot like that probably like the rest of his career, That's I would fine. might say. So I can but, see maybe in some points you're like, all right, like he's not going to continue to hit these shots. We'll just, but I, but, but I what see he made? that. He made nine threes? He made, he made, yeah, I think, which is just ridiculous. Obviously, four, at that point, you have to start putting someone on him. Yeah, uh, I'm not a coach. I'm not anything, so I I don't get really much into that stuff. Uh, I think it's wild for a guy. I mean, yeah, like I mean, yeah, like he did finish with a zero, but he had 23 points and he had 20 rebounds yeah. and four block shots. I mean, he definitely Dude, impacted the game. But that's okay. But that's what I'm saying. If he has, say it again. What's the line? 23 points, 20 rebounds, four blocks. Yeah. And he got, he still gave up just as much defensively, where he was a zero plus minus for a single. That's that's insane, dude. Okay, anyway, the, just the, the one more quote, and I'll get off this. Thank you both for letting me vent. Uh, after the thing about Ariza, how Whiteside is saying Ariza told him not to worry about rotating out to Baines. Whiteside follows up by saying, "I was worried about him getting a wide open shot." Bullshit. Bullshit, dude. <laughs> you can't say that. This, like, I'm sorry, man. This guy is covering his own ass so much, and it's just so transparent. I enjoy Whiteside. I love watching him play. I love his off-court personality. We, we've, the gap that I was worried would not be filled when Evan Turner left. Whiteside has filled it. He is a great quote, man. The dude is awesome <laughs> in interviews. But He's definitely this was like a very interesting guy, and I think this is why I am kind of skeptical when 
when all of a sudden, like when Nurkic comes back and there when Collins comes back healthy this summer slash slash or no or it's this summer because or because he's a free agent. I don't know how much he's gonna feel loved here from Portland when we're all like throwing our love towards Nurkic and Collins. He might still be loved, but he in his own head might not be the guy anymore, and he might not like it. And honestly, and I feel like he's the type of dude who might take offense to not getting as much attention as Yusuf Nurkic when he comes back, and he might end up going somewhere else. And that, that is exactly the perfect segue. Thank you so much, Mr. T.Y. Weston, Weston <laughs> Delbridge. Uh, uh, Nurk, Nurk is... <laughs> Nurkic is scheduled to come back here March 15th. That is next Thursday, my friends. March 15th versus the Rockets. Nurkic has officially announced the return. And of course, Stotts did the Stotts thing where he kind of plays it off like, well, that's the plan. We'll see how it goes. No, we are going with it. We're rolling with this. Nurk is coming back on the 15th. You can't take this back now. Uh, but Ty, like you said, when Nurk comes back next week, I'm saying this Phoenix game really illustrated some problems that I have with Whiteside. Despite the awesome numbers he's put up, despite the production and the defensive stuff he has done for us this season, this showed the serious gap he has in his skill set, just the slow footwork. He cannot cover a three-point shooting center, and there are more and more of those in the NBA. I'm not saying Nurk is the most fleet of foot dude out there. Yeah, he won't be able to do it effectively either. But but I, I do think seeing Nurk play and then Whiteside play, because we're probably not going to see them together too much. It might get tried, but mostly you got to assume that we're going to see Nurk play and then Whiteside coming off, uh, Whiteside coming off the bench. I think this is going to really I mean, illustrate it. I think it's going to really expose I what... think you should start both. I've been think... saying it. I think you okay, can play okay. together. Finally, someone agrees with me. Re- okay, let's go with this then. You, you, I'm not saying it won't happen that you'll have both playing together, but you guys are telling me that Stotts, Mr. Rigid Coach Stotts here, who has a hard time adjusting his rotations at all, uh, even when we lose a player, he doesn't want to mess up the the rotation, so he brings in someone from like Take the Take it back to the old to days. Give us the bigs down low. We're gonna punch you in the mouth. You think Stotts is gonna do that? You think Stotts? No, is gonna I don't think he's gonna do it. I don't think he's gonna do it. I love it, man. We're gonna so, beat you up. That's our so game plan. This is, this is, I'll bring some clarity to this a little bit. So, um, last year I sat down with Ray Allen. We didn't discuss. I mean, we spoke about shooting, but we also spoke about the return of the big man. Um, and you know, he was keen on um, DeAndre Ayton and, and, and Joel Embiid, uh, and you know, even Taco Fall. Um, you know, who showed a lot of people what he could do in the NCAA tournament um, last year. Uh, he, him at UCF going against uh, Zion Williamson and. You know, in my opinion, I think Taco exposed Zion a little bit. Uh, Zion still got the win. His Duke team got the win in the tournament. But uh, to bring it back to, to the NBA game, uh, Ray Allen said to me that somebody's daddy telling their kid, son, get off the three-point line and get your butt in the post. And that's what's lost in today's game. Um, and, you know, you, you've seen flashes of it this season. You've seen Joel Embiid. Although I think he is a hybrid between Chris Webber and Hakeem Olajuwon, footwork like Hakeem, um, inside outside like Chris Webber, um, you know he is considered a big man. And you know I think Shaq was the last of you know the traditional big men. You know then came in Dwight Howard, and, um, you know and then Anthony Davis. And but when you look at the big man position, I mean Hassan Whiteside. Um, as a league leader in, in blocks, uh, defensively is 
you know, doing his thing. Damian told me uh, at the beginning of the season that, um, you know, he thinks he expects Hassan Whiteside to have a big year because he's in a contract year. And, um, you know, he expects that, you know, Whiteside uh, will show and prove. And, you know, in Damian Lillard's absence at the beginning of the season and pre-Mello, you know, he was doing that. And um, when you look at Nurkic, um, I don't know that I'm ready to give him the keys to the, the keys to the city um, and just let him be the starting big man right off the really? bat. I think there's an easing in process, meaning, let me clarify, meaning that I don't think he should be the sole big man in that starting lineup. I, I really do think that you mix earth, wind, and fire when you add um, <laughs> the, 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 the solid clutch shooter that Damien is, not just a clutch shooter, but a guy that can, can direct offense. I actually think um, starting all the, of those four guys takes some pressure off of him, and he scores when he needs to. It's almost like um, giving Derrick Rose the secondary option that he needed in, in Chicago that was a bona fide superstar. And if it had been LeBron James or Dwayne Wade, it would have been a problem. And if you had given uh, Michael Vick a weapon in Atlanta and you he didn't just have Algie Crumpler as his receiver. Imagine Terrell Owens in an Atlanta uh, Falcons uniform. Imagine. <laughs> so Even more fun. To, yeah, there you go. So to, to take it to take it back to, to, to the basketball court, imagine Lillard playing alongside CJ McCollum. Those guys guided that team to the Western Conference Finals. Imagine Damian Lillard having Melo as an option, a healthy Melo, which he does. Imagine Hassan Whiteside picking and rolling. Imagine imagine Nurkic picking his poison, uh, you know, bringing you out, hitting that 16 footer, uh, but also dunking and also doing what he needs to do. Um, and then, you know, you look at that bench. I know Pau Gasol is wishing he didn't retire, uh, but that's the oh. way to put the problem. <laughs> and I think that I think that Portland legitimately, I've been saying it all season, I'm going to say it to the Cows, come home. If they make it to the playoffs, I think Portland could be, could be a threat um, to the Houstons and the Dallases and the Utahs of the world. Oh, see, that's interesting, too. I, I noticed you didn't mention Lakers, and I understand that your national perception might be a little different, but I've heard a lot of talk about, uh, as far as matchups go, what Damon CJ can do against the backcourt of the Lakers, and then you have up front, you'd have not only Hassan, but you'd have Nurkic and Hassan up front like that. I think there's a lot of, I think there's some interesting matchup, uh, matchup potential even there as far as I that 1-8 if it gets there. Well, I, I have a national perspective, but I also have an inside perspective. Um, True. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I mean that in the perspective of actually watching those guys play. Um, and I do think that you bring a valid point. Uh, Portland uh, can go toe-to-toe with the Los Angeles Lakers. And I do think that um, the, the advantage that the Portland Trailblazers do have, as you said, uh, was the play of Lillard. I think sometimes Lillard off the dribble could bust LeBron James' ass. <laughs> <laughs> now, obviously, the the big problem we're going to get to with the playoffs, in any of these perfect scenarios we're talking about, in these perfect fantasies where we have Whiteside and Nurkish playing perfectly next to each other with great chemistry, not getting each other's way, not taking up space, and then Melo filling the wing and Damon CJ, boy, that is an interesting lineup. And I, I, you know, I, you know what? I will say this. I guess there is some logic to the idea that if you can't surround Dame with good shooters enough on the wings uh, that can free him up, the other option would be given so many guys that aren't on the wings that you get like easy buckets down there that yeah, defense can't clog Dame in the same way. Maybe that happens. And if, if there was a time when it could happen, it would be against the micro ball rockets that, that, that they are playing right now. 
uh, and the, I think, league worst numbers that they're giving up in the paint. So, yeah, put two dudes in the paint and see what happens. Maybe that will yeah, be Yeah, but a- also, I think the one issue with it is the defense. And we saw last night with Baines getting out to shooters. Now, all of a sudden, we have the Rockets who are playing small right. ball with Whiteside and Nurkic trying to run out to Daniel House and P.J. Tucker. And then all yeah. of a sudden, they pit, and then all of a sudden like they dish it to Westbrook, who's driving the lane. And then we have our two bigs who are not there. That's the only scary thing is you see two seven-footers who aren't big moving. That's why... Zach Collins is so very important because he's a seven footer who can get out to the wing and get onto these guys. So yeah. I think he's also very important. But yeah, I'm very excited for these two because I think like with Nurkic's offensive skill set, he reminds me of Jokic. So I could see him almost like being more of a point guard. And then also like with Whiteside, Dame, and CJ on the ball. I'm very excited for it. Almost like a Tim Duncan in the half court. Ooh, Ooh I like yeah. it. There we go. Oh, yeah, he, he's very skilled. And I think people yeah. kind of forget about it. Yeah, because I think that it's been a year since people have mm-hmm. really watched it. And the dynamics of the of the Blazers have changed. You went from Nurkic getting hurt to signing in that in as cancer to cancer leaving to struggling to then bringing in Melo to now Melo's there and he's part of the system Ugh. to now you add Nurkic in there and that's a team that can run, but and a team that that's got shooters, but. When you talk about Jokic, it's something I, I noticed about Jokic is, is similar. Like, I remember, you know, in the last, the, the previous decade, watching Duncan and Ginobili and um, Parker and Duncan dictating the flow of that game in a half court and make, and because of that, forcing the other team that they're playing against to slow down. Literally, slow down. Again, it goes back to what I said about the big man. Jokic is, is, is a more skilled. <laughs> Tom Tolbert, when Tom Tolbert played for the Warriors. Tom Tolbert was the point point center, if you will, on Don Nelson's team. Um, and he dictated the flow of that game. But more seriously, in the half-court system, um, Duncan and the Spurs, he, he was the, the power forward point forward in that, in, that, in that flow of the game. A lot of hockey assists that he would get based upon, you know, court visit and during that double team. Jokic does some of the same things. I haven't watched enough Nurkic to really make, you know, that 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 comparison as as it relates to how he would, you know, change the flow of the per, of the of the Blazers because he wasn't part of that Western Conference team. But I know what I know what Damian can do. I know what Melo can do. I know what CJ McCollum is capable of doing, and I've seen in real time with what Whiteside could do. But it's all about tempering the right things. Like it's not a bad option. You know, as much as I, I said what I said before about, you know, starting uh, uh, Nurkic and, 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 and Whiteside together, it's not a bad look uh, in each unit to have a big man that you can count on. It's no different than in Georgetown where you had the luxury of having uh, Alonzo Mourning and Patrick Ewing and John Thompson's system, two big men that can do damage. And I think to your point, too, something you mentioned earlier, Scoop, was uh, – as far as Nurkic being eased into the starter role, kind of thing that got us off on this tangent here, which I love. It's been an awesome tangent, one for the ages for sure. Uh, but to reel this back a little bit, Nurk is definitely not going to be ready for starters minutes right off the bat. And one thing Whiteside has said pretty adamantly is that he likes playing the 30 minutes a game he's getting here in Portland versus the 20 minutes a game or so he was getting in Miami. So yeah, that that could be where that balance is struck. Forget who starts, who doesn't. It could be about the minute distribution. I, I will say though, if we put Nurkic in a situation, Nurkic is the long-term center here, in my opinion. I don't think there's much debate on that between he and Whiteside. Uh, you can talk about skill sets, but as far as the long-term center, Nurkic is the one that fits. He's younger. He, he's had the chemistry with Dame. Uh, but 
I, I think uh, if we put Nurk in a situation similar to what he saw in Denver, where he has to feel like his starting spot is threatened or where his position in the team is threatened by this other center, like what it was with Jokic in Denver, I don't think that's going to be a good situation. So I, I feel like he will be, yeah. I feel like Nurkic will be the the kind of the uh, the in-house starter, but he might only be starting and playing 20 or 25 at first. And then maybe that picks up yeah. to 25, 28, and then 30, and said takes the leftovers. I agree with you, and I'll add this. Just because you start doesn't mean you're going to finish. Yes, that's also a good point. Yeah, 100% on that. And look, I mean, we can go off on all the fantasies too, but I, I can't wait to see how much they play the two of them together versus the on uh, starting and on the bench role. Uh, and, man, the lineups too. There's so much new possibility here. And after this sickening season, I, I think we're all pretty ready for it. Uh, let me I'll throw add this. some – I'll add this if I can really quick. Yeah, what's up? Uh, I think that uh, when you said that uh, Nurkic is the, is the, the I guess the, and I'm paraphrasing, the, 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 the long-term piece yeah. uh, for Portland, um, I, I think that Portland has a, will have an interesting problem that the 76ers kind of had um, last offseason. And uh, by that, I mean this. I remember before the uh, free agency frenzy last July, I had a conversation with Wolves about, um, the 76ers' future plans. And he said to me, do you realize that the Sixers have the conundrum of re-signing J.J. Redick, Jimmy Butler, <laughs> yeah, that's right. and Tobias Harris? And they've essentially chose to buy Tobias Harris over J.J. and Jimmy, and then they overpaid Al Horford, some could argue. When you look at Portland, Whiteside, Mello are two targets that they're going to have to re-sign. And when you look at the offseason this summer, I think that the big man position is going to be highly coveted. And by that, I mean this. Whiteside and um, what's the dude that got traded to the Cavaliers from Detroit? Drummond. Drummond, Drummond yeah. and Whiteside are going to be the two. And to be honest with you, Anthony Davis are going to be the three Ooh. highly coveted big men this summer. Not a foregone conclusion that Anthony Davis is returning to the, to the Los Angeles right? Lakers. <laughs> so, I think that this conversation about centers is going to be a superf- superfluous flow that's going to continue to be dialogued about going into July. So, Portland, they, they, they got to figure some things out. And how they showcase, showcase their talent, they could be auditioning Whiteside for his next contract for somebody else. And at the same time, they do have an insurance policy in, in Nurkic. It's going to be interesting to observe, you know, moving forward. It's been curious for sure, man. I'm, I'm, I'm very curious to see how it plays out over the summer. There's so many moving parts. Uh, obviously, we've gone off on a, some amazing theoreticals that I would love to see happen, but it's, it's really hard to say what is the most likely at this point. I want to throw to some listener questions real quick. Uh, and, and by the way, Scoop, Brandon Scoopy Robinson, thanks again, man, so much for being here. You've been here. Look, a good hour with us now. We can just we look at us tangent off. We're we're going off forever on this. And thank you for your time, man. Oh, good, my brother. Thanks for having me. Uh, so first question here from Justin B or Justin Just Blazin at Justin B Leak. There we go. Tongue tied on that one. He says, "I've been thinking this has got to be the funnest lost season I can remember. Mellow, Dame exploding for all those games. Gary Trent Jr. busting loose. Hassan horsing around. Pretty fun. And then you look at the standings and his Barfarama. That's it. Not really a question. He's making it for fair point and kind of what we've talked about already. How this has been a wild season that is not going to have a whole lot of a." Uh, uh, not a whole lot on the back end, but it's been a lot of fun to watch. Uh, and I also got to kind of mention, too, uh, shout out to Pinwood Empire, who also brought this up. 
We haven't even mentioned Gary Trent yet. In all these players we've talked about, Ariza, Mello, Dame, CJ Whiteside, Nurt coming back, Gary Trent has really emerged as probably the biggest surprise on the team, in my opinion. Would you two agree with that? Ty, where are you at? I haven't heard from T.Y. over there in a while. I'm right here. I definitely agree <laughs> that Gary Trent is a big surprise. I am uh, I'm not super surprised on it because I um, was really high on him coming out of the draft out of Duke, and I always thought he'd be a really good player. But I am more surprised that he took over Simons' more of the hype and more yeah. of like what we thought that we'd see Simons. I'm really high on Simons. I just think he's kind of young, and he almost – I mean, like last year was his first year, like right out of high school. And then Gary had the year of going to Duke and being around Coach K. So I think he almost has that more of that like experience. So now him coming this year is, I think, more right on track. So I, uh, so yeah, for him, he's been deadly uh, scoring. And I am super stoked for his uh, like momentum going forward because I think he's going to be uh, big for the Blazers either as like a six man or as somebody if – I'm not saying they should, uh, or I'm not saying I want them to, but if they somehow, for some reason, trade C.J. McCollum, they can maybe is. throw Gary Trent right into that two spot and feel okay with it. But I'm really uh, high on Gary Trent. I love his game and what he brings to the table. And then last night versus the Suns, he was ripping balls from those Suns players. Yeah, he was getting chippy with everybody. Awesome. And then I think it was Draymond Green sent a tweet out about Gary Trent last night saying that yep. like he or that like, he fucks with them or whatever. Or yeah. Whatever. <laughs> Apologize for using that word, but no, no. It, it, what word is a duck quack? It's good sensor that we have going for it. <laughs> no, man. Uh, I'm, I, I love it, dude. Gary Trent has been amazing. Uh, and yeah, I just, I love that. I have to say real quick when you, when you mentioned the trade CJ aspect of that, I was waiting. I was kind of like, ah, oh, is he going to say it? And when I yelled out my, I scared my dog, my dog jumped up. <laughs> so I was, that shows how excited I was scoop. Where are you at on that, man? Uh, do you think, I mean, obviously with, I want to hear what you think about Trent's emergence this year. But uh, what does this do to CJ's value in his kind of position with the team? Do you feel anything from uh, from where you're sitting on that one? Well, for the, your first question about Gary Trent, I have to be honest with you. I heard his. I watched the Blazers game like a couple of weeks ago, and I heard Gary Trent, and I was like, "You mean like Timberwolves Gary Trent? What's he doing in Portland? Is he still playing?" Um, and, you know, and I have a a, a, a special um, appreciation for. You know, second-generation second basketball players. Uh, the late Kobe Bryant, his dad, uh, Joe Jellyby Bryant, was, was a was a NBA player. You look at Trey, you look at Clay Thompson, his dad Michael played on you know the Lakers championship teams uh, back in the day. You look at Steph Curry, Del Curry uh, was his dad or is his dad. Um, and you know, I did some research on him, and first of all, it's amazing to me uh, that he was born in 1999. That means you guys are getting older and I'm getting younger because. <laughs> like 1999 was when I was like watching basketball heavily, and you know this is a guy that you know was a was a second round pick, found his way, um, and just taking a look at his numbers, um, a little up and down, but you got to kind of attribute that to who's playing in front of him. Uh, the thing that stands out to me the most is is that when he gets the opportunity, he plays in 34 minutes uh, against the Orlando Magic on uh, March 2nd. Uh, he scored 24 points on nine of 16 shooting. Right. Um, and, and he's improved, you know, it, it, it's, it's, I think that um, particularly he's had the, a chance to shine because Rodney Hood is out. I think that's a name that we haven't discussed a lot. Uh, Trevor Good point. Because Rodney Hood uh, was hurt and Rodney Hood was supposed to be that key in the second unit um, that was going to make, make, pay dividends for them. So, you know, you, you look at the Orlando game where he got 34 minutes. You look at the game against the Pacers on the 27th, 41 minutes of action, scored 20 points, yeah. 7 for 15. Uh, against the Pelicans, 
uh, he scored uh, 15 points in, in 37 minutes. So when he gets, you know, in that 30-plus range, uh, he goes off. And um, as far as your question about C.J. McCollum, you know, for a while people were just making this argument that a guy that was, has ties to Ohio was going to join LeBron James in Cleveland back when he was there. But he's continued to stay there, and, you know, he signed that extension in the offseason, didn't he? Yep, yep. We, we got him a... Uh... We certainly got the contract going on up here, but there has been a lot of discussion, I think, because of that contract and just the overall price tag on it. And then you look at a player like Trent, whose production isn't quite at CJ's level, especially when we saw what CJ just did when he was uh, running the team on his own. But even that's the other side of it, too. You see what CJ did when he's the first option, and it does almost think like, oh, would some other team, is some other team going to be enticed to say, hey, what if we get, if, if Charlotte can say, hey, let's get him to come run our offense over here. Is that worth that contract to them? And would Portland suddenly have a player like Trent who produces 80% of CJ's value at 15% of the cost? That kind of scenario, not those numbers exactly, obviously. But uh, yeah, it's, it's all speculation. It's all just kind of out there. And I thought it was uh, some interesting stuff coming around. But uh, that was uh, one of the, let's see, one of the questions uh, in from one of our listeners. That was, uh, oh, let's see, that was coming from Pinwheel Empire on their end. Let me actually, uh, before we let you go, Scoop, and again, thank you so much for your time here. Uh, just two other listener questions I want to mention, or well, quick shout out to at Isliak. He asked to talk about the playoffs. We've already gotten to that one, but uh, at uh, little Ucho at little underscore Ucho asked this last episode as well. And I wanted to bring this back uh, because they asked what two foreign players would you want to get a beer with Ty, you and I and uh, Oliver Maroney answered this on the last episode. Shout out to him. But scoop, I just figured since you have such a bigger player base and you've mentioned Ray Allen already in the episode and a number of other foreign players, I thought you might have uh, some interesting take on, on two players, two former players in the NBA uh, that you would prefer to get a drink with. Two former NBA players? Uh, former or current. Take your pick. Uh, just uh, w- if, you, if you could get a, a drink and a conversation with any two players out there. Michael Jordan is one. Because I'm, I'm, I, I think that um, after Kobe Bryant's death and over the last month, month and a half, I just compiled a lot of research and really realized how much of a, um, and I mean this respectfully, uh, how much of a breath of fresh air Kobe Bryant was uh, for people who were diehard Michael Jordan fans. I think for as much as people did the comparison game, um, I, I think if it wasn't for Michael, Kobe and LeBron would not have the shoe deals that they have. But Kobe had the influence of the next generation of guys like Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. Uh, when you look in an NBA team's locker room, you look at their foot, their their footwear, and you look at their their shoes, you see a ton of Kobe's in their lockers. Um, and and I just really would love to sit with Michael and talk about influence and how 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 calculated he was. Who were some of his um who were some of his mentors? Uh, because everybody credits Michael and Kobe as their mentor, but Michael doesn't really talk about who his mentors are or were. We knew his father was a big mentor for him, but what players were Michael's mentors? So that would probably be the first person. Hmm. Um, the, the second person probably would be would be John Stockton. Oh, okay. I like Ooh, it. Ooh, okay. I would want to know how he feels uh, about the fact that all these young guys want to wear tight-ass shorts like him now. That Memphis Tigers basketball team. That's what they. Yeah, man. There you go. (laughs) 
Oh, uh, nice, man. Hey, and, and good one on the Jordan answer, too. When, when you first said Jordan, I was going to be like, oh, scoop, low-hanging fruit there. Come on. But no, it's a very good point about kind of the influences. And, and, uh, and yeah, and, and I, I like that. I like that. Okay. Well, hey, yeah. man. Uh, thank you again for all of your time, bro. Really appreciate uh, not just the time you've given us today, but the fact that you were ready to do this a week ago. It's it's very uh, very kind of you to be so flexible. And, uh, and, and yeah, thank you for all the, all the insight. <laughs> That's no, the first. No, man, I, I, I respect what you guys are doing, and you know, I, I've never been to Portland. That's actually going to change pretty soon. Oh, um, dude. Yeah, I am actually. Um, I just I'm a brand ambassador uh, with a company called Orox Leather, which is based in Portland. Okay. Um, nice. I, I found a deal recently, so I um. They're based in Portland. You may be seeing me coming around uh, in the near future. So um, when that when that happens, we got to do a, a, a in-person taping or something. Absolutely, okay. man. Hit us up. Let us know when you get out here. That'd be awesome. Yes, sir. Well, thank you so much for your time, man. Uh, if people are looking to reach out to you on social media, you want to give them a, a tag? Yeah. Follow me on Twitter at ScoopB. Uh, Instagram and Snapchat at scoop underscore B and also make sure that you subscribe to the Scoopy Radio Podcast which is available on all platforms um, Apple Podcasts Spotify, Google Play, TuneIn App uh, iHeartRadio or simply by visiting scoopbradio.com uh, we've had anybody from former Blazer Jamal Crawford on to uh, Shaquille O'Neal, Charles Barkley the voice of Siri, DJ Khaled, a bunch of people but yeah man, subscribe to Scoopy Radio Podcast 2.1 million streams last year on all platforms Whew. Yeah, that's Woo. killer. Yeah, send uh, send some of that our way and go go subscribe to Scoopy Radio. Thanks so much, buddy. Appreciate your time. Gentlemen, thank you for having me. See you, Scoop. Yes, sir. All right, welcome back. Thanks again to Brandon Scoopy Robinson for joining us. That was an awesome conversation. Uh, dude, that was uh, that was great. How about another guy who wants to just go off on tangents with us? Uh, another Love professional uh, ranter. He could have went around the NBA, and then he probably could have talked about each team and then made it back to whatever the topic we were on. I would have been, Dude, yeah, and, I know, right? And I would have been perfectly <laughs> fine with it because I was enjoying every single story he was telling. So we definitely get to have him back on and have him uh, ramble yes. with us. Yes, we'll have Scoop on again. Shout out to him. Thanks for that. Let's talk some fantasy ball. Shout out to all of our we don't have 18 to other owners. Ball, you in the tr- we can always, we can oh, you want to skip that again? You're, you're trying to skip fantasy ball again? I think you're trying to skip it because, Ty, last week you claimed that I was maybe, me and, uh, and she at Stargate Research were the only two teams out of this 20 team league playing. And my friend, Mr. TY, I have to call bullshit, sir, because I'm in a matchup right now. Where uh, flopping hard into paint, uh, owned by Jesse Morley. Shout out to them. They have three of their seven waiver wire moves this week. So just like me, uh, three of my seven as well. Keith, this dude is I just know as active as I am. You are actually. I know <laughs> that I set up this thing, but I think I put you as part admin. As as part admin, you can go in and mess around with other teams' teams and make it look like they are the ones doing it. So I, I wouldn't put never. it past you. I have never on, <laughs> over there on a lunch break at NBC when you're getting tired of someone listening and you kind of scramble in through the ESPN.com <laughs> and oh I'm gonna make a waiver wire for Floppy Harden I'm gonna make a wire 
for Danny Meringue's team. Make sure Yo, Danny looks I like he's I, doing. I so would absolutely not do that. Call me a tryhard fantasy basketball player. <laughs> if if for no other reason, if not for the very principle that I wouldn't do that. Right now, Harden to Paint, flopping Harden to Paint is beating me by 104 See, points. Exactly, because you're trying to today. make everyone get off the scent of no. your trail. No, I I want my I want my record to be fourteen and five next week, not thirteen that, and six. Be I do not want to drop. Be suspicious. I'm on the edge, Lord man. I, I'm, I'm trying to get I'm trying to get a buy for the first round of our playoffs here. I'm not trying to lose another game. You are wrong, sir. We have an active twenty team league. I'm gonna go through this week. You know what? Because you're pushing back, <laughs> I thought I could have bowled you over, and you're you're being defiant here. You're I'm gonna find out over. how many dudes have made waiver wire moves. Do it. I'm gonna <laughs> do that statistic. I'm gonna I'm gonna find out how many I dudes just made, made waiver wire moves. I just made week. one, so that will screw up your stats. I just added, How does it, I just added Anthony active. Simons. You're now an active. Oh, so now you're 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 playing the league. What are you saying? No one's playing. You're just playing right now. You're playing the league. I'm in it. I'm 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 part of the. You league. dropped Kyrie. He's you out. dropped Kyrie Irving. He's he's <laughs> torn shoulder. We broke him, ladies. He's out of here. We did it. Tots, we got tied to drop Kyrie. I got to drop <laughs> probably Kai Bowman. I'm rolling around with Ben Mclemore. I got a team full of has-beens. I got Goran Dragic. I basically got. Like the Miami Heat team on here. I got the Hawks. Stop Tots is we're seven and eleven. We're rolling look, hard. Look, look, even even before you this morning, you're not even the first person to make a transaction this morning. We had Oregon Rose City champs. They dropped Markeith Morris this morning, picked up Michael Carter Williams. That was at nine fifteen. Right. I wasn't even I out take, of bed yet, bro. I that was definitely back. not me. I take it back. I was wrong. <laughs> yeah, fantasy, yeah, you were damn right. Fantasy league. Everyone loves this league. All all twenty teams are involved. Okay, maybe not all twenty. We probably have some floaters. Any free league is gonna have some floating teams, but you know what? Shout out to all you guys. It's awesome. Having a great time. I am loving this. Uh time maybe not so much, but I am loving this. It's right. awesome. I'm okay. <laughs> all right. Well, you know what we both love, Ty? What? Sports betting lines. Sports let's get to lines. some games for next or well, I guess let's let's talk about last week first. We we talked about these games with Scoop, but uh we didn't actually set up lines for all of the games last week. We skipped over what I guess magic Phoenix last night and Magic and Wizards. But we and okay, okay, and so we skipped three of them. But we had lines for Boston, Indiana, and Atlanta. You had set the Boston game here in Portland at negative five and a half, or f- Boston favored by five yeah, and a half. Yeah, because we found that I was gonna set it at Boston minus eight, and then when we I went to go look at the lines, they had set the lines for the it was the next day. And the Celtics were only five and a half point favorites, and I was very confused and, t- and taken back by that. Uh, it ended up jumping up to seven and a half, eight by game time, but that five and a half is what we ended up setting it at, and uh, they covered it easily. And that's what I predicted, and I put some money down that on as well through the Oregon Lottery app, and uh, put some money in my bank account off of the Boston yeah, Celtics. See, I, the green Celtics really brought do. me the green. <laughs> I really do just need to start following your bets on this, man. Uh, yeah, Boston took that 118 to 106, and that was an easy uh, cover for your five and a half. The next game, you set us up at Indiana. In Indiana, you gave them six point favorites. Ah, uh, I, I I should be said, an odds maker. <laughs> I said Portland would beat the spread here. I don't feel too bad about that bet. You said Indiana would win. You should feel horrible about that bet because Indiana did win, but only 106 to 100. So we got our money back. That six point. We okay. This is that. That that's how that works yep, for all I'll these lames out there. I'm gonna act like I'm not a layman. Like I totally understand all. He's this not a layman, ladies and gentlemen. He's not. <laughs> no, we call that a push. Uh, when like on that, it was plus six for the Blazers or minus six for the Pacers, and the game ended at 106 to 100. So you get your money back both ways. Uh, 
that's just how much of a genius I am, Keith. I'm just able to predict <laughs> these games. I would have told you that it would have been 100 to 106. I would. I. I mean, most. I, I had no one asking what the score would be, but you know, that's what I do. I, pre- I predict six-point games. Uh, final game that we predicted last week was Atlanta. In Atlanta, uh, you put Blazers as two-and-a-half-point favorites, and then, you motherfucker, you took Atlanta. How do you give Blazers the two-and-a-half-point favorites on the road, and then you took Atlanta to win the game? What is wrong with you? Because I don't care I, that you were right. I like money in my pocket, and, uh, <laughs> yeah, I thought the Blazers would be favored in that. By two and a half, it actually ended up being Atlanta starting the game favored by two and a half uh, as a home favorite, which is definitely, uh, that, that is to be expected. Uh, yeah, the Hawks, it kind of went like I expected, uh, just a lot of scoring, and um, the Blazers couldn't hang, so that was that was frustrating. But, you know, right again. Yeah, was, yeah. I was basically uh, three for three. You know, <laughs> okay, so Two, this oh, next and week one, I'm just going to give you... I'm just going to give you like 20 bucks this next week and say put it on whatever you're betting and I you better get You have the ability to download bet. the Oregon Sports Lottery <laughs> app. Oh, I already have the app. I I, I make bets. I just <laughs> apparently what? I just need to make the same news? bets you Keith make. Keith doesn't tell me this. <laughs> well, I was waiting until I was winning more. <laughs> I was well, going to I need to be able to brag about it before I talk about it. <laughs> well, we are, I guess whatever. Whatever. Let's move uh, on. What do we right. got? We got, some bl- we got some lines for coming up games. We play next week. The Sacramento Kings tonight. Oh, tonight, uh, yeah, tonight's game. The 7th, if I'm sure people will not be hearing this on the 7th. So we are playing the Kings on the 7th tonight. Portland is currently a three-point favorite. It started at four-and-a-half-point favorites, but it's got pushed down to three. So real quick, that means that a lot of pro money or big money, like people putting like $100,000 on, I'm just saying, are putting big money on the Kings at plus four and a half, which has now pushed it down to three more towards the Kings' favor. We call that line movement. And some people follow bets by line movement. So looking at that, you see that the pro bettors are on the side of the Kings. So right now the Blazers are favored, but bettors are almost more in favor of the Kings. Uh, the Blazers on the second night of a back-to-back after, what, they played Phoenix last night. They should have won that game. On the road. And our yeah. starters played big minutes. I think Whiteside played 40. CJ and Dane played 38. So they should maybe be a little bit more tired tonight, and now they get a pretty scrappy Kings team. So I – God, this is – you know what? I'm going to have to take the Blazers because on the interview, yes, I told – I, for some reason, said the Blazers would, like, would make the playoffs. I think Scoop just got me all hyped up, and yeah. he got me <laughs> Yo, on the optimism just, train because – Let's let's just sidetrack on that real quick because I'm totally with I you. I think I might have <laughs> to backtrack like, that – Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> I would think I just got caught up in the moment. It happens. Uh, and now I look at it. I don't think the Blazers are going to catch in the playoffs. See, the, this <laughs> is why we saved the betting segment for after Scoop was gone, because we, we both got caught up on the optimism too much. I that. Scoop we, to really I, I like me, you know, you like it was the first time I ever talked to him. So I was trying to get on the side. Of Scoop, <laughs> so. I, I And look, I, I you wanted to make a good impression on Scoop. I didn't want to be the, the, the sourpuss, especially right here. I'm trying to get the, the Blazer vote in we here. We are I don't terrible. Want to go you and I are just, on we're on just, we're just wussies. <laughs> Look, we weren't making bets then, but here we are. Here we're when talking. Money is involved. The truth comes the out. The truth comes out when money is involved. Yeah, I look. Let's. I think. Let's that, be honest, I don't man. think the Blazers are going to win tonight. If forget even tonight, man. If if the Blazers are going to make the playoffs, a lot of how many games do we have right. left? A lot of things got to go right for them, and it has to go wrong for other teams. And luckily, the Pelicans. What I think they have the toughest schedule in the NBA. They don't play defense. 
Um, but they still have so much talent. And then the Memphis, they have a nice oh, other, Wait, other way around, right? Pelicans have an easy schedule left, I thought. I thought it was vice. I thought it was early. Maybe not. I don't know. One of, uh, those, one of those situations. Yeah, it, the, there's going to be a lot of things that have to go is, right for us. <laughs> oh, yeah. And look. There's 18 games left. Blazers are 28 and 30, 28 and 36 right now, with less than 20 games left in the season. He... So the 50 game mark is totally out of the question. Yeah. Uh, you, the the record you would have to get. I understand that we're only what was it two and a half back yeah. from uh, from Memphis in eighth right now. And we play tonight, and so does Memphis, and they play the Hawks, who might not have Trey Young or a couple other players, and now we play the Kings. And if we lose tonight and they win, I mean, then that that jumps to three. Yeah, it's 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 rough, dude. It's things would have to go so right for us, and there's only a small window at this point. It, it's I feel like I don't know that Phoenix loss there. last night really sucked. Yeah, that really sucked. Uh, again, okay, look, we have 18 games left. I don't know exactly what the numbers would be, but with only 18 games, you have to win like two out of every three. You gotta win like to, to, 14 to or 15 there. of them. Yeah. Oh, so I mean, that's even more than I was thinking too. But yeah, so we're talking if you lose. More than three to five games, it's done. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's it's done. And so it's anyway. So, so side back to it. Side. Back to it. The Kings, <laughs> Blazers. Blazers are minus three point favorites, and I don't think they cover that. If they do somehow win, they will be by less than three. So you're saying Blazers are minus three, and so which side? I'm you taking the Kings team? plus three. You're taking uh, to lose by less than three, or just to win the game outright. I'm going to say Blazers get a rebound Love after it. last night. I'm going to bring the optimism hope, back here. So. After that horrible showing last night, we're going to see them turn it around. Because that's, you know, you see that rubber band stuff a lot. It could happen. So uh, so I'm going to say screw you, Ty, and your your money-making odds, odds-based bets. I'm going to go with my fanhood and say Blazers take this one down. Blazers plus three. That shouldn't be too hard. We can win by four. Got Dame it. hits a three at the end. It'll, it'll work. Boom. Next, <laughs> on the 10th, March 10th, uh, the Suns, who we just lost to, come and play the Blazers here in Portland. Um, I think we'll see a similar line, uh, depending on who plays for the Suns, if they don't have Aiton or anybody there, or if Booker for some reason doesn't play or whatever. Hopefully Aaron Baines doesn't play. So, yeah, I think it'll be a similar line. Um, Portland, it'll be, uh, like I got saying, and with hopefully that... Like they don't have Aaron Baines for the Suns doesn't play because the Blazers got killed by Aaron Baines. I will set it as Portland's three and a half point favorite, and I think they'll make a comeback and beat the Suns that game. So you're putting it at three and a half for Blazers. I don't see. Wait, is that right? Yep, I sorry, think we'll beat Phoenix by more than three and a half. Three and a half for Blazers. Yeah, I can't go against that. Hundred percent. I'll be at that game as well, so I'll be there to to cheer on my current. Team You'll be there to affect team. the game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. More of an effect than Whiteside and zero plus minus. No, that's hey, not true. He no, leave no. Him alone. Whiteside has to have a good one. He'll he will do well. Okay, so you and I are both taking Portland for that one. Yep. Okay. Listeners, if you have any other suggestions for prop bets, betting lines, over unders, however you want to phrase it, whatever you want to send in, please send them our way uh, to Trailcasters on Twitter, IG, and Facebook, and all the rest. All right, we had four questions come in today. Uh, or not even today. We had four questions that we used from last week, actually. And thank you, all listeners, for writing in. We, uh, when we posted for last or two weeks ago's episode, uh, a number of questions came in late. And so, thank you for being patient. But we have transferred those over to this week. That would be just blazing. Uh, wash your hands. No, I'm sorry. 
Just Blazing, Pinwheel Empire, Grandmaster, Suck a Blaster, and that would be a at Yizzle Yak, at Pinwheel Empire, and at Justin underscore B underscore Leak, as well as little Ucho. We brought yours back because, man, I just really like that uh, former players who do you want who you would want to get beer with. That was a nice creative question. More of that, please. Uh, so those four, I'm going up to random.org and I'm putting again putting those in the order that they came into me on and it was just blazing little ucho pinwheel and then grandmaster suck a blaster suck a blaster I guess he's got the hard r on the end of what them. a name <laughs> one through four and it's going over to number one that would be just blazing justin underscore b underscore leak so congratulations to just blazing at justin b leak we will get you your card not sure which one it is we've got a whole grab bag of blazer cards from ty's card van over at td sports uh you and a number of other winners we will get all of you sorted out soon and because of the wait because you've all been so patient with this we're going to get some trailcaster stickers or other swag going here and, and get that all shipped out too maybe this ends up being like a postseason thing maybe we get all of the season's winners shipped out in the postseason to kind of remind them that we'll be here over the summer too uh in case you didn't know we'll be podcasting over the summer and ty in case you didn't know i'm going to be twisting your arm into podcasting all summer so <laughs> get <Alrighty>. ready <laughs> love it all right so again thank you listeners and remember you can write us at any time about anything whether it's betting lines questions asking where your blazer card is that you've won and we haven't shipped to you yet uh anything like that but ty if they're looking to ask any of those questions or prop bets or anything else that they want to send us where can they send it to us on the social medias like instagram facebook and twitter at Trailcasters. And if they're looking for us personally, it would be me at Rip City Keith, you at Ty Delbridge, and is it, wait, I did this last week, is it still at TD Sports Podcast? Yep, you just call it TD Sports Podcast. Okay. Uh, you can find me at Rip City Keith, he at Ty Delbridge, and to go check out the TD Sports Podcast for more betting lines, not just for Blazers, but around all the NBA. And are you doing other teams yet, other sports yet, Ty? I'm doing other sports. I got some, uh, I've been putting out some UFC bets. I've been nice. putting out some uh, football bets. I had some college basketball bets today. Where's those yeah. lacrosse bets, bro? We talked about all this. All those lacrosse <laughs> bets. I, have, I, I mean, like, I haven't found a book yet that gives me good enough odds. So <laughs> as soon as I get some uh, good lacrosse odds, you know, I'll be hammering uh some lacrosse and I haven't done my research yet. I gotta start looking up who's the national hammering, champs. Hammering the North Carolina, lines. probably. I don't even know. I have no idea, not the slightest. But hey, if any listeners wanted to let us know, if anyone out there is very informed on their lacrosse happenings and want to let us know where the uh, who the former lacrosse champion is, is that, is that what we're talking about? They can send us an email, a fancy dancy old email, and where can they send us the, uh, send us those emails at trailcasters <laughs> at gmail dot. Calm. I'm stumbling here. Boy, we made another good... Oh, my God. It's hour 40 right now. We're crazy. Uh, and the stumble. beats, these beautiful beats that have been keeping you going all hour and 40 of this pod. Where can they find the music from Odar? SoundCloud.com slash Odar Beats. Please always support Odar, your other local beat makers, as well as our sponsor, Clearly Speaking Oregon. You can find Brennan Nuckton at clearlyspeakingoregon.com. In closing, your honorable listeners, that's it. That's our show. Thank you, Ty, as always. Thank you, Odar, for these fat beats. Thank you to our sponsor, Clearly Speaking. And thank you to Brandon Scoopy Robinson of Scoopy Radio and of Heavy.com for joining us today. And thank you, listeners, for a great listening. We hope you enjoy your blazers, your rips basketball and our latest episode thank you again and please come back next week for the next edition of the trailcasters awesome Ah, i can't stop it